Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you for joining me today for the next installment of Modern Heathen Man. I'm here with Kelly, my wife. Hello. And today we're going to be talking some things heathen, some things Asatru, and some other stuff that has to go with Yule. So with that said, grab yourself a crepe, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee or some tea, because it's a cool day outside, and just sit back and enjoy Modern Heathen Man. So today, I want to focus a little bit on some Yule stuff, which is really cool because we're coming into the Yule season, and I'm sure it's on everybody's mind right now anyway. So, um, you might call it Yule, you might call it Christmas, I don't know what you actually celebrate, it doesn't really um, matter to us, as long as it's a time together with family, and definitely take some time for you and your family. Um, and I don't mean it doesn't matter in the sense that, like, we don't care, what I'm saying is, just celebrate you know, it doesn't matter about. what you call it, as right. long as you get to celebrate celebrate something with your family, your friends. Right. Just get together at this time of the year and celebrate something. Right. So we're going to talk about some fun stuff today, and we're going to talk about some normal stuff. So, you know, the basic Yule celebration for us is the tried and true Yule celebration. You know, we have Odin on the Great Hunt. We have all the other things that go with that, the tree and everything, and the mistletoe. And all the heathen traditions, as they are passed on from generation to generation down to today. <clears throat> I won't get into too much of the idea of most people don't know what the traditions are and how they are Norse-centric. But you can look all that stuff up and find it on the internet. I don't want to get too much into that. I like talking a little bit more about the obscure, obscure things when it comes to fuel and the fun stuff. <clears throat> So today we're going to talk a little bit about something that Kelly found, was it about a week and a half ago? Mm, what was that? Oh, the Yule Cat? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I've seen it before, but yeah. I kind of just... So about a week and a half ago, she posted a thing about the Yule Cat, which is um, uh, Yule Kultur in, um, in their actual language. And this is a specific cat that comes out of Yule. It's a giant cat. I will say that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Um, and what it does is it, ironically, it goes around searching the countryside for children who don't have new clothing. And if they don't have new clothing on, the cat gobbles them up. And this is just like the strangest thing. Um, I did a little research on it maybe two years ago. I something think like so. that. Two years ago. It's a pretty funny story. And, you know, I just wanted to get into it a little bit. And not funny in the sense of like, ha, ha, ha. Funny in the sense of they don't know where it came from. So you have this Yule cat ideal, and it's a giant cat. Um, he's black-colored. He looks like one of the Icelandic cats. I forgot their actual breed. What is the actual breed of cat? Uh, it's Norwegian like a Nor forest cat. That's it, a Norwegian forest cat. They're big, fluffy, fluffy <clears throat> yeah. fur, yeah, fur like, balls. Like the ones that um, drive, what's her name's um, chariot? Um Freya's Freya's Those are Norwegian forest cats. Yeah. They're huge cats to begin with. These are cats that you're talking at like 28, 30 pounds. Right. And then add all this floof on top of them. Yep. So they're big furry monster cats to begin with. So now take that idea and turn it into a murder floof. So you have this giant cat. I mean like bigger than house. Okay. Is what it's said to be. And it roams the countryside at night. And it's eyes are like two big red glowing eyes and it's searching for those people who have frayed or tattered clothing on 
um, especially in the Yule season. So if you have fray or tattered clothing, it will attack you and gobble you up. So ironically, this didn't come about until, I want to say, 1950. I mean, don't get me wrong when I say this. It, it was there before 1950, okay? But the actual writing down of this isn't found in any of the sagas or anything like that. It's not something that was passed down from generation to generation in a literary form. It's an oral tradition. Right, it's an oral tradition. And in the 1950s, a guy produced a book called Icelandic Folklore for the Holidays. And in that book was the Yule Cat. Now, ironically, there's a couple of Yule traditions in Iceland um, that we don't follow today. One of the other ones is <laughs> the Yule Lads. And these are my favorite of all because... What, how many did you say it was? There's like 13 of them. She said there's 13, but I, I do remember reading there's between 13 and 25 total, to be honest with you. And they have weird names like um, Spoon Licker, Candle Stealer, or Candle Thief, and like Wool Tangler. And they have all these crazy names that go with them. And things that they do during the Yule season to people to bring bad stuff to them. And children were afraid of them because, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Krampus or what's the other one? Belschnickel. Yeah. You know, things like that that are not really Santa Claus type figures, um, but more like uh, reprimand type figures. And they would more come. More like morality figures. Yeah, but like, these, they would keep be like. kids in line. They'd be more like Krampus and like yeah, um, Belschnickel yeah, yeah. because they would spank children. For being bad, and it would do these things to them, and then spank them on top of well, it. Well, so what I'm reading, um, I'm doing a little bit of research, and the if for good girls and boys, the Yule lads leave candy. Right, right. If not, they are subject. They are not subtle in expressing their disapproval. They will fill the shoes with rotting potatoes. Right, and they'd pull their hair, and they'd spank them, and do other things to them. They'd right. rip and tatter their clothing so that the Yule Cat would attack them. Right. Things like that. And, and I mean, these are, I don't want to say crazy traditions, but these are traditions where this was the way to make kids listen back then. Well, and Krampus is the same way, and right. Belschnickel. And if you're not familiar with, I think almost everybody anymore is familiar with Krampus because of right. the popularity of the movie and things like that. But Belschnickel is a German tradition where. He carries a, a, a switch. He carries right. a, a, a stick to beat children with. But ironically, these things were so traumatic that in 1746, the All Thing got together in Iceland and actually outlawed them, said they were illegal to use anymore to cause children strife or hurt to teach them that these things were coming after them. Right. It's really strange. So... That, that's one of them. The other one is the ghoul cat. Now, this cat is really, really strange. This cat lives in a cemetery. It's a giant cat, just like the Yule cat. And it just randomly attacks people that it feels are not mourning properly for the dead. Or not honoring your ancestors properly. This cat, this ghoul cat will come and get you. And just to even stare at its eyes would kill a human being. So what it does is it treats you like a mouse and it bats you around and then it eats you up. It's really just some strange stuff they got going on. But with all that said, 
these are our ancestors' traditions. These are the things that our ancestors, I want to say, believed in and made their traditions. And, you know, we wonder today, you know, we have the Santa Claus guy who is so nice, you know, and everything else. But, you know, don't get me wrong when I say this. I've always joked around and said, you know, Santa Claus is kind of a creeper. You know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. It's kind of creepy. But in that, we've turned it to something totally different for our kids to be something more of a playful kind of jolly old elf who creates toys. And it goes to show the difference of the world that we lived in back then as opposed to now. Um, with all the things that the Yule Lads did, like, you know, stealing candles and, you know, things of that nature, I don't think it was really stealing candles. I just think that the adults in that day had to have a way to explain to kids how things were being used up and they didn't have any more. It's not like they could go down to their local store and just buy a new candle or go down and buy a light bulb to put in the light fixture and turn the lights on. You know, so they had these stories that went along with, well, you know, one of the Yule lads must have came and taken our candle because we don't have a candle tonight. Right. You know, things like that. About conserving resources. Conserving and... resources and doing things right or the tangling of the wool that you couldn't get it on your card to go ahead and begin making yarn. You know, if you didn't take care of your wool properly, it would tangle and, you know, just life lessons that would show us a little bit more of what needed to be done if we didn't do those things or, you know, spoon liquor who, if you don't clean the spoon properly, he'd go ahead and lick the spoon and make everybody sick in the house. So these are all things that, you know, I want to say they're life lessons per se, but in the same token, you know, they, they taught us how to become a better society. I mean, just in general, you know, those things like a cat looking for worn or tattered clothing wouldn't mean that we dress better, you know, especially attacking children that had worn or tattered clothing on. It would make them keep their clothing better. It would make them take care of their clothing, fold them, keep them nice, wash them, launder them, do the things that need to be done in order to keep those things nice for longer because, you know, it wasn't like back then you just go down to your local, you know, JCPenney and buy yourself a new shirt or go out to the local Walmart for five bucks and buy another shirt for your kid. You got to make it. And that also meant you had to make the material that went with it, which meant you had to dye it and everything else. And then once you made the material on the loom, you had to go ahead and sew it together. It wasn't an easy task to make new clothing for your children. Right. Today, we have clothing that lays all around our house, you know, before it's getting laundry done in baskets. And we don't even think about it because it's just easy for us to get those consumable goods. Back then, it wasn't so consumable and it wasn't that good to make them. So took time and effort and a lot of work. So, you know, we sit down and do these Yule traditions, you know, I don't want to always focus on just the good ones with the Santa Claus, you know, with the eight reindeer and uh, Odin on his great hunt and, you know, ancestors and everything. We have to really look back to see what their lives were like. And seeing how our ancestors lived helps us live a fuller life. Most people today have all these problems that they think are real problems, but in all honesty, they're just problems of the modern age. You know, like I went out, my mm -hmm. car didn't start. Oh no, I can't get to work. My car didn't start. Well, you know, 25 generations ago, my great, 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 great grandfather didn't have a car. And the only way he was getting somewhere is either with a good old shoe leather express or he had a horse. And horses were expensive and hard to keep back then because 
you had to feed the horse and the family. Right. And I believe, moreover, he did things by Shoe Leather Express. And unfortunately, we've lost sight of those things. You know, like, most of us wouldn't even walk to the corner store anymore, let alone to, you know, a friend's house that's two miles away. So, we have to look at those things, and we have to be more appreciative of the things that we actually have today. And through the sacrifice of our ancestors and through the teachings of our ancestors, we learn to be better people, keep things better, and every generation is better off than the last because of something the generation before did, whether we see it or not. So when we honor our ancestors, we have to honor those things as well. And in doing so, I believe we need to tell those quirky stories and those Things we think are funny or odd or unique, like the, you know, the Yule lads <laughs> coming right. down and well, licking the spoon. Well, Kieran was talking to me the other day, and this kind of extends out of the Norse range, but it kind of goes along with ancient traditions. Kieran was telling me about the the uh, Mary Wad from Wales, mm-hmm. which is the goat or the uh, the horse or cow skull that they put over your head and you go into the house and you kind of banter back and forth and whoever loses if you are the house owner and you lose you have to give up all your alcohol to the horse headed person and he's dying at this and I'm like but that's somebody's tradition for Christmas that's that's really you know it's a real regional one and we don't do it here but it's still he's like but he's fascinated by the idea of the it. idea of you know hey mom they basically have to have a rap battle to determine <laughs> who's going to get the alcohol and right. i'm like this is this is pretty cool that you're learning this kind of thing and we'll show you a little bit more about it but it goes to you know some of our maybe more family oriented traditions or our more regional traditions that maybe something that somebody else doesn't celebrate but we can you know kind of teach somebody about something like that yeah ironically we live in the south now and we we are from the north my my family and i and for us in pennsylvania the tradition of new year's was pork and sauerkraut and mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. meant that you would have good luck for the year that was a a dinner you had we moved here we find out that it's black eyed peas collard greens and ham hocks yeah yeah and it's really strange because we're like wait what you know and we don't get it, but in a sense, we do get it, and it's different, and it's not what is ours, but it's what's theirs. And, you know, it just goes to show that they make do with what they have. Or we're, they change the tradition up to be right. something that is easier to acquire in that area. <coughs> sorry, I have a nasal drip going on, I'm sorry. Yeah, and um, it's really unique, but, you know, we've learned a couple of different, different traditions going around. The other thing is we've learned Christmas parades. We are not used to Christmas parades being right. up north. We have Halloween parades. We have Thanksgiving parades. That's where it ends. Right, right. We don't have Christmas parades. But that's a big thing here in the south. It, right. Like every town has a Christmas parade. Just like back home, every town has a Halloween parade. We watch Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And we mm. watch the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Parade. But the Christmas parade is not something that we were familiar with until we moved to the South. Right. And then there's family tradition on top of it. You know, like, I'll talk about one of the family traditions for me is when someone in my family dies, it's a celebration. 
I, and I don't mean like we're all happy the person died. It's not that. We celebrate that person's life and everything they do, and we have a party to celebrate their life. And some of those parties last for days. We're moving to um, Utah. They have a dinner, and one of the things they serve there is funeral potatoes and what's the Oriental salad? Oriental salad. It's called Oriental salad. It, it's a really strange thing, you know, and green jello salad. So that was the tradition there. Down south here, they just get together or go out to a restaurant and have a dinner after the funeral, and that's that, and they go away and on their way. Where we come from, it's, it's, I'm used to celebrating. Yeah, it's it's a big family get together. You usually have some sort of dinner at the church or at, like a, a, a not at the funeral home, but somewhere near right. the funeral home that's catered, or the family puts together a potluck or something like that. That you kind of, and in the potluck you put together recipes that were the person's favorites. Right, right. So you're kind of remembering the person as, you know, this is their food, this is their comfort, this is to comfort us, but also to honor them as well. And ironically, um, within our time together, my wife has gone to one of my family's funerals. Oh, my goodness. And I've attended one of her family's funerals. And the difference within those two is is quite is night and day dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. So um, she got to go to my uncle John's funeral. Half the people were drunk before the funeral even started. But not bad drunk. No, they're, like they're, fun drunk. Yeah, yeah. They they knew their limit to the point where it would yeah. get bad, but they were already lubed up. Let's say. Yeah. I mean, we went to my Aunt Althea's house, who was married to my Uncle John, um, prior to the actual funeral. And while there, you know, my cousins and I were arguing over who's going to eat the red beet eggs, who's going to carry Uncle John, who's going to do this, and who's going to do that. And there's all these different things going on. And she's like, this is a funeral? I'm like, this is a funeral. At the funeral home, explain. I mean, explain what the mood was at the funeral home. It was actually pretty lighthearted. And, you know, especially because... We're all sitting around. This is this is the best story of Joe's family that I have because I was there. Um, we're all sitting around and we're sitting at this funeral home for over an hour. And I've got a, I've got the youngest kid there, and and he's getting antsy. And we're, we're like, what are we waiting around for? And Joe's like, I don't I don't know. And we're all looking. Did anybody hire the priest or the pastor or anything? And Althea goes, I know I forgot something. Right, and there's Uncle John laying in his casket, and we're all sitting there waiting, and sure enough, there's no priest to come and do the eulogy because Aunt Althea totally forgot the priest. Of course, the family laughs at this, and we have a good time, run across the street, grab the, the local reverend, and bring him over. But, you know, in the sense that it was a good time. It was the normal family get-together of us having a good time. Yeah, Uncle John was there, and yeah, we were putting him in the ground, but his last send-off was a good send-off. But they were telling stories about him and telling stories about the family. And, you know, like, oh, I remember when Uncle John took us fishing. And I remember yep. when Uncle John did this. And, and I'll see his birds. And, then, and right. so it was it was more the, the celebration and um, just, I don't know, overall respect and love for this person. Even though he wasn't the most well-liked member of the family. Right. It was still this... 
hey, we're here together. Let's have fun. Let's go do this. And this party lasted for three days. Yep, yep. Three days these people were partying and having a good time and reminiscing and, and just, you know, even just not even talking about the person who died, but... Just, just being just, family. Just being family and just having a good old time. Yep. My family argues like any other family. My family, you know, gets in heated debates about this, that, other thing. But when push comes to shove, your family. And that's the way we look at it. And that's the way we, we really live it. Well, you kind of leave it on the table, too. Right. Like, when it comes to things like this, any kind of differences or anything are set aside for that time. Right. And then they can be picked up later, but let's leave it Let's leave it at the door. Right, because we're not there for us. We're there for the other people. We're there to bring laughter to the people who lost someone and remember the good times. And if you had good times with that person, that's your job. You know, now, on the side note, Kelly's family, I went to her Grammy's funeral. Yeah. On your mom's side? Dad. Dad's side. And everybody just sat around and was quiet. I wanted to talk about how her Grammy ate my <laughs> my smoke trout like Schmeagol eating her precious. Oh my you know? gosh. And it's funny for us, and but it wouldn't have been for them. They would have looked at it like a insult. Right. You know? Right. Where everybody in my family would have laughed about it and said, oh yeah, you know, da da da. And we would have had a good time. Her family wouldn't have taken it that way. So. It was a very mournful um funeral right and it first of all it was it was semi uncomfortable for me to even be there because i kind of had been estranged from the family for such a long time i had just gotten back to talking to my grandmother maybe a year before yeah and we so, visited quite a bit you know like like she was a jokester too i mean she yeah. really opened up with me they, they didn't think she liked me but they she really opened up with me and her and i had a good time and i remember the last time we saw her, which was literally the day before she passed, right? Yeah, it was literally yeah. the day before. And I said, well, I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple of days, Grandma. And she's like, not if I don't see you first. You know, and we started joking about, you know, well, if you see me first, I'll make sure you're haunting me and I'll record it. And we joked about it, you know, and it was funny. She was ready to go and it didn't matter to her that she was going. Right. You know, and she knew that I was that way. Like, I was going to, you know, acknowledge her no matter what. So, it's just ironic that the family is so different. That traditions even that close in spatial areas are even that different. You know, like we lived in the same town. We lived in the same thing. We were there for as long as each other's families were in that area. Like one of the first families in the area, both of ours. So with that said, you know, we have to look at these traditions and we have to honor them and pass them along. Just like, you know, my, my funeral traditions for my family aren't in a book. Kelly's funeral traditions for her family are not in a book, but they are real. They are things that affect us and they affect our family. And will the next generation be able to carry that on? Well, I hope so because they were there. They saw us laughing and they saw us joking and they saw us having a good time. Even though this person's dead in a casket in front of us, remembering their lives, telling good stories about them and remembering the fun and honoring that person. So, when they go to put me in the ground, you know, my, my son knows there's no crying allowed at my funeral. It's not like that. It better be a celebration. People better be up dancing and having a good time. And he understands that. Like, even with, he's only, what, 12? Yeah. yeah. Even with the youngest he is, look, I don't know how my kid is. That's horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. even as young as he is, he understands that piece of it, you know, and understands that, yeah, I'm going to die one day and everything has to die. 
But that's the tradition that I was taught, where Kelly's family hid death, and they use it as something that it's a finality, and it's the end of everything. For us, it's not. Uncle John still lives in my head. You know, the day that, that Ed put that hook in his lip and ripped it out while we were fishing, <laughs> he was so mad and bleeding everywhere because his lip was busted open and ruined the day of fishing. That is still funny in my head. Years later, he still laughed about it. You know, and those those memories will never go away, you know, or his uh, idea of how he was going to win the lottery. I mean, he, he put down these numbers for years. I mean, I want to say like 20 years. He kept a running total of all the lottery numbers, and he had a system for winning the lottery. He never won, but he had a system. And we all joked about his lottery system. I mean, he had books of, like, written down numbers and stuff. It's just so funny. He was just one of those kind of people. And, you know, we remember all those things where, and I feel bad for Kelly's family because no one talks about her grandma like that. I wish we, I knew as much about her grandma as I knew about my Uncle John, who I only spent time with every so often. You know, it's strange. You know, I, I learned about other people's time with him. I learned about what they did. I learned about all this other stuff, just sitting there listening to everyone talking about their time with Uncle John. And no one did that about her Grammy. And, you know, it's really strange because you don't know those things, and those things are lost now. Because it's a finality, and it's a end to something, rather than just a piece of part of life. So, we look at these traditions like the Yule Cat roaming to and fro, looking for kids with tattered clothing to gobble them up, or the Ghoul Cat who is going to find us if we don't mourn our dead properly and honor our ancestors, or the, what are they called? The Yule Lads. The Yule Lads. <laughs> We're going to come steal our candles and lick our spoons. Right. And um, rip and our... pots. And pots and stuff like that, and, you know, pull our hair and spank us. If we or don't steal do the... our smoked sausages. That's what Yeah, steal reading. the smoked sausages. <laughs> So all those things we're gonna we need to learn about and pass on from one generation to another, and do it lighthearted and teach your kids and have fun doing it. But there's there's other traditions that I think we should talk about a little bit too. Uh -huh. um, there's things like the Yule goat. Yeah. That people would build it and part and have it as part of their celebration along with the Yule log and right. then. On the night of Yule, they burn it. Yeah, but that's a normal tradition. That, that's something you can either look up. I want to talk about traditions that you can't really look up that's and true. find much about. That's true. I'm you just know? putting other traditions right. out there that, you know, you may or may not know about them being a heathen. You may or may not know about these. Or you may want to take and adopt these as part of the Scandinavian culture or the, the idea of... This might be a good idea no matter what. The other one that we've introdu introduced into our family being an, an Icelandic tradition is to give books on Christmas Eve. Right. And you stay up Christmas Eve night, you get snacks and chocolate and coffee or whatever, and you stay up all night reading a new book that you were given for Christmas Eve. The, the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge, right. Yep. And that goes along with being part of this culture and, and, you know, wanting to learn and wanting to know and wanting to do more things and getting that idea of you have Odin teaching you something or Odin's search for knowledge. Now you're passing on that search for knowledge at this time of the year. Yep, definitely. So with that all said, uh, you know, I encourage you all and hail you all for wanting to learn more about 
heathen traditions and Asatru traditions, and those of the Germanic North, you know. The North Pantheon of stuff is really unique, and it's really nice, and most people don't even know that, like I said, it makes most of our life. You know, we, we have quite a few traditions, especially at this time of year, that fall into our realm. It's a good opportunity. It opens a, a door for you to talk to your family and friends about being heathen, about being a Satru, about being Norse pagan, whatever you want to call yourself. I mean, there's quite a few names for it now. But it opens a door. <clears throat> and in opening that door, without being too crass or brash, it allows us to explain some of the things and where they come from. And how those traditions came down from family member to family member, and we honor them today. And how it was so ingrained in the people that the church weren't able to diminish it. They had to end up using it um, for their good, for their own purposes, because they would never be able to take it away from the people because it was so ingrained in their lives. That is the lasting impression of Norse heathenry and Norse paganism is that it stays with us consistently whether we know it or not. <clears throat> so, with all that said, let's take some time this Yule season and teach some of those ironically strange life lesson stories that are available to us. They're hard to find and they take a little bit of work, but you know, giving you some of the names for them, especially like the the um, Yule lads. You know, they're pretty funny. I mean, the kids will get a kick out of them, especially their names and what they do and stuff like that. And if you want to leave out the spanking and hair pulling and stuff, that's more than up to you. But I think it's just funny. Or unique. putting rotten potatoes in a kid's shoes. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny, putting rotten potatoes yeah, in your yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, no. Stinky feet, you know? Stinky feet. Yeah, well, <laughs> we already have kids with stinky feet. They don't right. need to be even more stinky. So... With all that said, I want to hail you for taking the time to be a better heathen. I want to hail you for wanting to be a better person, period. Uh, I want to lie down here that I do have a Patreon. If you'd like to go on to the Patreon and uh, contribute, I'd be able to get more equipment and stuff like that to do more. I'd like to start actually doing videos and stuff, which would be really cool. I'd like to have better equipment for when I'm out doing um, some bolts and stuff that I can actually record them. And with all that said, I also have a Facebook group called Modern Heathen Man, where you can get on there and discuss stuff. I'm always available to answer questions on there. So I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen, taking the time to enjoy Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank Kelly for joining us today. Yep, uh, it was nice joining you guys today, too. And I want to tell you all, I'll see you next time, and have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. Just a real quick piece here. I want to remind everybody with the coming of Yule that the economy not being so good and stuff not traveling from store to store and us not getting the things that we want in stores really opens up an opportunity for us as heathens to help other small heathen businesses. There are so many different heathen businesses out there that could use our help this Yule so that they themselves can have Yule. Um, I can think of a few right off the top of my head. Um, the first one is Odin's Beard Woodworking. They do a lot of different little altars and stuff that you can take with you and things that any Norse pagan or heathen could actually use. 
I think they even do um, runes and stuff like that. Yeah, he's been doing runes lately. Yep. So those are available for you. Also, we have the old... Um, oh, it's called Old What Forge? Uh, old Ways Forge. The Old Ways Forge. He does hammers and stuff like that. You know, we can also help other kindreds as well. The um, Northwoods Kindred creates a uh, few things there, like a hammer that's also a fire striker and things like that. And Beast Curiosity is doing still beard oils and stuff. Um, so if we can, let's all get together and help some of these small businesses um, strive. We all have them around us, our local witchy shops and our local shops that provide the things for us. Make an appearance there. Tell them the things that you want. Um, help them find the places to get those things. And we can help other heathens consistently. Heathens helping heathens is the way to go. Because without each of us, those people won't survive. So take some time and go ahead and help another heathen out by purchasing something today or for Yule with those places that we know are heathen. Thanks and have a great day.